Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Your companion on these journeys we take to the outer boundaries of the unknown. Perhaps the greatest unknown of all is not what exists out there in the nether regions of distant space, but that which beats constantly inside each of us, the human heart. The human heart. It's both a tangible physical organ and also a mysterious, incomprehensible force. Yes, it's the brain that weighs, assays, analyzes. But in the end, it is the heart that decides. And each of us may be surprised by the decision of his heart. Because the heart has its own reasons. Our mystery drama, I Must Kill Edna, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Elliot Reed. commanded by laws, both human and divine, to tell the truth. But what is truth? If sages, philosophers, and saints have disagreed, what hope is there for us ordinary, modest folk? The ancient Romans actually exempted certain areas of human behavior from the truth. For instance, you didn't have to tell the truth about love. And a famous saying of the times was, The gods laugh at the lies of lovers. And uh, talking about love, we now arrive at that delicate balance of falsehood and truth from which is drawn all of love's nourishment and sustenance. And to a consideration of Chester Macefield, a lover par excellence. When Chester said to Edna Morrissey, I love you, darling, he was telling the truth as he saw it and felt it and wished it on that particular day. But let the story tell itself. You must listen to me, Edna. Darling. Yes, darling, my darling, my darling, Edna. Chester. No, don't tell me to stop. Be sensible. Why? Why should I be sensible? Because... Why should I be sensible? Why be prejudiced against me? Who else in this mad world is sensible? Chester, please be serious. My darling, Edna. Oh, you live in a universe filled with fools and madmen. Oh, Chester. No, you must permit me my say. But a marriage between you and me, it, it, it's impossible. Why? We've been through it. Why? I'm older. This match was arranged in heaven. I need an older woman. You need a younger man. I don't need a man who will... How do you know? You never had one. I had to say that, Edna. Why? It isn't true. I've been married. To whom? To a dried-up, decrepit, doddering old... He... He was the soul of goodness. The spirit of generosity. I'll give him all that. But he wasn't much good for a woman. Certain things are are more important than the fleeting physical attraction. Edna, you can say what you like, and you can like what you say, but it's a life. We human beings were made for one thing and one thing only, and that's love. Everything else 
merely fills the rest of the time. Oh, Chester, can't you ever be serious? I'm always serious. I'm tending to the serious business of life, which is love. You're the frivolous one, frittering away your time with all sorts of ridiculous projects. I believe you call them good work. Surely even you must be aware that there are people who are starving. Ah, but I'm wise to you, darling. I know why you engage in these frenetic philanthropies. You're only trying to whitewash your father. My father was kind and good. To you. To you alone in all the world. But he sweated and swindled and stole his fortune from the poor, from the helpless, from the ignorant. That's a vicious... Careful, careful. Don't say lie. Uh, But that was a long time ago. And nobody cares. No one remembers. You don't have to give it back. Chester, what am I going to do with you? Marry me. But it simply doesn't make sense. Darling, please stop objecting so much. Come here. Oh, Chester. You see, my darling, nothing but nothing could ever be more important than this. Do you agree? I... I'm not sure. Let's try it again. And so, we were married. Edna, of course, was deliriously happy, and I, well, I was happy too. It was an exciting, a heady experience for each of us. For Edna, it was an introduction to love. For me, it was an introduction to wealth. There are, after all, very few men in our society whose wives are millionaires. And I had joined this extremely select group. And I tell you, there's nothing like it. However, there was the matter of some of her charities. But if we could have everything we want here on earth, there'd be no point in going to heaven after we die. Would there? And this, my darling, is our newest building here on Animal Farm. I see. It's a serpentarium. A a what? A serpentarium. A house of snakes. How, How fascinating. Yes. Poor, maligned, and misunderstood creatures. Come. Would you like to see them? Well, I... Oh, they're they're all secure behind glass. In that case... uh... These... These are called pit vipers. That's because they have that indentation between the eye and the nose. Fascinating. These are all rattlesnakes and copperheads. Charming creatures. They are... Lovely, graceful, elegant. And yet mankind will soon exterminate them completely. Now, darling, is that bad? My dear, you're such a barbarian. I love them. They're beautiful, cool, and pleasant to the touch. My dear, you don't touch them. I've been told that they won't harm you if... Yes? If there is neither hate nor fear in your heart. Mm. Is it all right if uh, I never touch them? Oh, Chester, darling. I know you're laughing at me. I'm doing no such thing. I believe everything you're telling me. You lie so beautifully. You think I'm a nut. And all these activities of mine... Oh, I, I approve of them completely. They bore you stiff. No. 
As a matter of fact... I didn't marry you in the hope of changing you. <laughs> Why don't you drive to town today? Have lunch at your club. Do something you like. And you'll come back refreshed. Are you sure you can spare me? No. But I'll get through the day. Somehow. Chester! Chester Macefield! Why, it's Fred! I thought you'd given up the club for good. I've been in the country these past few months. Uh, join me for lunch? Of course. I understand congratulations are in order. Thank you. Here she's a lovely woman. Thank you again. And uh, money doesn't hurt either. That is a low blow. There are no low blows among old friends, only bitter truths. She's 50. And in what we could consider the soft September of her beauty. I'm 40, and I've decided to retire. From what? From love. From love? Precisely. Well, how does one retire Ever from since love? I found out that we were boys and they were girls, love has been my occupation. <laughs> my preoccupation. My profession. Other men would say, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, a banker, but I would say, I'm a lover. Well, I suppose you were at that. Now I realize that love simply does not exist. It's a snare, a delusion, a swindle. This from you, Chester the lover? The oasis of love is merely a mirage. I will no longer pursue it. But it was always a lie, a lovely lie. Well, since love doesn't exist... I've decided to settle for happiness. You sound as if the two are mutually exclusive. Perhaps they are. Mr. Caswell? Oh, my goodness. I had forgotten all about you. <laughs> the doorman said you'd be in the dining room, and I said... Well, I don't know if I should really interrupt Mr. Caswell when he's discussing important business. Have you had your lunch? Well, I... An aspiring young actress should never turn down a meal. Even if you had lunch, eat again. You may be out of luck tomorrow. <laughs> oh, really, Mr. Caswell? You're so kind. Yes, I know. Chester, this is Sue Ellen Quackenbush. Mr. Macefield, Sue Ellen. Hello, Sue Ellen. Are you a theatrical producer, too, Mr. Macefield? <laughs> no, he can't do you any good at all. Turn it off, Sue Ellen. Oh, isn't he terrible, Mr. Macefield? Her father saved my life before she was born. A couple of wars ago. Now, this one wants to be an actress, so he sends her to see me. Uh, for old time's sake, can I do something? Well, he did save your life. Still, it's too much to ask in return. But you are a famous producer, Fred. Oh, what am I going to do with you, Sue Ellen? She's a lovely child, but she can't act for beans. I'm not a child. I'm 23. Let's order lunch. Now, what would you like, Sue Ellen? Well, um, what, what is this? Beef bury geek non. <laughs> Did I pronounce that right? Mm. I took a year of French in high school. She looked up from the menu as she spoke, and her eyes met mine. And the very words I had spoken but a few moments before exploded in my brain. That sudden stabbing shock of recognition when the heart is fatally, but oh so sweetly, wounded by a woman's glance. Is this how it happens? Have I been stabbed finally and at length and for the first time in my life by, by a provincial schoolgirl struggling with French words on a menu? And, uh, uh soup onion, avec croton, and fromage, and, um, uh, the, 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 the
Talbot Corners who are well off, you know. But no one who's actually wealthy. May I fix you a drink? Oh, you don't have to fix my drink. Just open a bottle of pop. Well, here we are. Yes, here we are. And isn't it just like a book? A simple girl from the country in this luxurious millionaire's apartment. It's like a movie I saw at the Ritz, where they had this... Sue Ellen. Yes? Please. Shut up. Mr. Mayfield. I have something to tell you. I love you. Mr. Mayfield. Chester. Chester? I fell in love with you. The only way people can really fall in love. At first sight. Sue Ellen. Please. Now say something. What? I... I don't know what to say. Look at me. They'd never believe it back home. Sue Ellen had a lot of words. But this is... It's, I know. It's crazy. I'm twice your age. It's, it's just, Don't say it's impossible. Oh, no, it's... It's, it's just, what? I just don't know what it is. Because... Well, you see... I also fell in love with you. Am I late for dinner? No, dear. As master of this house, dinner must wait your pleasure. Oh. Oh, I'm starved. Say, uh, did I see Hallowell's car on the road? Yes, I'm sure you did. What was he doing here? I wanted to sign over some property to you. Oh, now, darling. Oh, not very much, just some income. So that you don't have to ask me for money. I think it must be embarrassing for a man. Oh, darling, I... I don't think it's right for you to... Nonsense. Tell me, did anything interesting happen to you in town? No. It was a rather dull, boring, prosaic day. After all, I wasn't with you. True, this may sound like the worst kind of male chauvinism, but could a man ask for a better deal? A young girl for excitement and romance. A mature woman for stability and financial independence. Sounds great. Looks good. But the problem with a structure of this kind is that the foundations rest on quicksand. Something will have to give. For some people, life is a quest, a pursuit of a goal. There are those dedicated souls who search for the great truths of science, of medicine. Noble spirits who strive to make the world better for their having been here. For years, Chester Macefield has also been a seeker. But his aim has been far more modest. He has been looking for love, for someone he could adore with his heart and soul. 
Well, aren't we all? And Chester finally found her. And as you can imagine, Chester is deliriously happy. However, there are lucid moments when Chester is reminded of the fact that he is a married man. But you could get tickets, Chester, honey. Sue Ellen, that isn't the point. Oh, it's such a good show and all, and the acting is it's just marvelous. And if I don't get to see good acting, how am I ever going to learn how to be an actor? Sue Ellen, I... I can't take you to the theater. Well, for heaven's sake, why not? I... I just couldn't afford to take the risk. I know what. Take me to Lericchio's for supper. Oh, I, I, I'll do better than that. I'll have Lericchio's send supper here. What? A specially catered supper. Oh, but that isn't the same thing. You don't go to Lericchio's just to eat. You go there to be seen and talked about and photographed by, well, by the media. And that's exactly why I can't take you. But I have to be seen. I want to get my name in the papers. I need publicity. That's how I can get an acting job. Darling, I... Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it just gets to be a drag sitting around here all the time. I love you, Sue Ellen. Please, believe I love you. Well, I'd maybe believe it if... If what? If you divorced her, married me. I want to do that, Sue Ellen. You don't know how much I want to do that. Well, what, what's stopping you? If I left Edna, I'd... I wouldn't have a nickel. Oh. Oh, it's her money. Yes. Well, what are you going to do, Chester, honey? I don't know. I. But, but I know this. I simply can't do without you. I know, Chester, honey. I know. You'll think of something. <laughs> Mr. Maysfield. Oh, good morning, Arnold. Have you seen Mrs. Maysfield? Uh, yes, sir. She's over at, um, uh, sir, 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 uh, you know, uh, over at Snake House. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, yes, sir. Sure goes for them snakes. I mean, I've been working for that woman, uh, it must be 20 years now. I've never seen nothing like this. What do you mean, Arnold? Well, I guess she found what she's been eating to support all her life. True underdog. Genuine loser. Somebody nobody loves. <laughs> That's a snake hands down. Well, as you know, my my wife is a most tender-hearted woman. Oh, uh, she's a saint. I bless her. But uh, what's that? Well, I think you should talk to her about what. Well, how could I put this? There's uh, a big rattler. Uh, I mean, uh, well, they do come large, some of them, but he's just overgrown. Well, what about him? They ain't getting bit by a rattler and no picnic, but uh, it don't necessarily have to be fatal. Uh, you follow this? I can't say that I do. Well, on the other hand, this ugly critter's got fangs at least twice the normal length. You know, one chew out of them and... Uh, but, but what does well, this have to do with... She's taking the fancy to this varmint. She says to me, um, Oh, Arnold, he's so beautiful. If only I could pet him... So, well, maybe you better talk to her. Maybe I'd better. Well, after all, she's the only woman. Edna, darling. Chester. Oh, I didn't hear you come in. What are you doing here? Arnold tells me you spend almost all your time in this place. I simply can't take my eyes away from Nijinsky. Nijinsky? I've named him Mijinsky after that famous 
I should say immortal dancer. I know. The one who went mad. Yes. It's my name for him because his movements are like a ballet. Would you agree? Oh, uh, yes. I've made Nijinsky the star of the Serpentarium. He has this huge cage all to himself. I notice you're dressed for town. Are you going to the city today? Yes, dear. Oh. That'll be the third time this week. Well, I... Oh, no, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It sounded as if I were counting. Oh, some people at the club want my advice on a venture. I have the right to tell you to stay at my side all day. You should have a rich, productive life of your own. Oh, darling, I owe these men a favor. No, you just go ahead. Is it a promising venture? Oh, uh... Well, it could be. If you need any money, let me know. Oh, darling, you shouldn't be so good to me. Why not? I love you. Come in, Angel. It's open. Darling. Oh. Oh, it's you. It's Chester. Well, of course, Chester. Oh, that's a stunning outfit. You didn't have to get all dressed up for me. Well, I... I, I couldn't very well call you at your home now. Could I? I, I mean, what could I have said? Well, why would you call me? Well, uh, to tell you that I, I couldn't see you tonight. What do you mean, you couldn't see me? Hey, baby, it's the man himself. Oh. Uh, Perry Wilson, uh, I, w- I would like you to meet Mr... Chester Mayfield. Oh, how do you do, sir? How do you do? Uh, Perry Wilson is the son of Angus Wilson, uh, who's my my dad's dearest, closest friend back home in Talbot Corners. Well, uh, Perry and his mother and dad are here in town, and uh, they want me to have dinner with them at the hotel. <laughs> sort of like old times at home. Isn't that right, Perry? Oh, yeah, dinner, and, uh, well, uh, afterwards we're going to play bridge. Uh, that's right. But you can't be my partner, Perry. You always get so mad when I forget which is Trump. <laughs> it's really only a game, and you make such an issue about it. Well, I, I don't know where you get that flightiness from, Sue Ellen. You, you know, your folks are such serious people. Uh, well, uh, shall we be going? Uh, Mother and Dad, do you... Well, they like to be props. Yes, I know. Well, I... Uh... Uh, Perry, would you call your Mother and Dad and, and say we're... We're on the way? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Sure, of course. It's good thinking. So, Ellen. I couldn't help this, Chester, honey. I must see you tonight. I'll wait for you here. Oh, but, honey, I don't know Please, how... darling. Oh, sweetie, it, it's going to be late. And I'm going to be tired and upset. Because the Wilsons always give me a pain. Especially Perry. He's so conceited. But, darling, I... We can be together tomorrow night. Tomorrow, why, that's only just a few hours away. So, Ellen, I love you. And I love you too, Chester. Well, 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 if it isn't Dante, then how's Beatrice? Cut it out. Mind if I sit here? You're a member of the club. What are you doing dining alone? What's that smirk on your face? Oh, I don't know. These May and December romances always inspire smirks, leers, winks. What are you talking about? Miss Sue Ellen Quackenbush. I understand you see quite a bit of her. I, I, I'm interested in her career. Mm, a fatherly interest, no doubt. She's a talented young lady. Yes, and her talent seems to be in getting men interested in furthering her career. 
Chester, you're talking to me. See here, Fred, I resent... Now drop it. I thought we were friends. But if you want to fill the time with trivia, let's talk about the weather. Fred Chester, I remember what it's like to be 40. The age of anxiety. But it passes. I don't know what I'm going to do about her. Mm, She's a tough little cookie. Now see here. Okay, let's talk trivia. Chester... People are beginning to talk. I'm not interested in other people's hypocritical notions of morality. I don't care if they disapprove. Oh, they won't disapprove. What they will do is worse. They'll laugh. You're starting to become a ludicrous figure. I know. I know. Now, you can't afford that, not you, Chester. Thanks, Fred. Thanks. (laughs) That's what friends are for, no? I thought you were staying in town. Oh, a change in plan. Oh, what happened? Didn't turn off the television. No, no, leave it on. Oh, I just became bored with the city and decided to come home. Tell me about your day. Oh, you'd only laugh at me. Tell me about yours. Oh, you'd only laugh at me. (laughs) Well, I spent the day being hypnotized. Oh, by whom? By Nijinsky. I can just watch him for hours. I see. Uh, uh, what are you watching now? Oh, I don't know. The television was on just while I was reading. I, I think it's one of those celebrity programs. Oh, it, it's at Larikio's restaurant. Have you ever been there? Uh, it's an old camping ground of mine. everybody. Welcome to Larikio's, where you meet the stars of yesterday, today, Tell and even know. tomorrow. If you like. And let's see who's here tonight. Oh, <laughs> who is this breathtaking little blonde beauty? Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't in New York, pursuing a career in the theater from Talbot Corners, Iowa, Miss Sue Ellen Quackenbush. Uh, hi. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I feel so humble to be right here in the middle of all these talented people. Uh, have you made many Chester, friends in well. New York? Well, yes, I, I've made so Chester, many friends. you're so pale. What is it? Are you and uh, Perry Wilson an item? Chester, you're ill. Perry and I an item? Well, let I mean, me that turn this stupid thing off. Item. Now, tell me what's bothering you. Nothing. Nothing. No, dear, I'm afraid something's very much the matter. Just sit down. I'll get you some water. I'll kill her. an old fool. But still, Chester Macefield isn't that old. So how could he be that foolish? The answer probably lies in the fact that a fool in love is ageless, and therefore hopeless. Chester Macefield is speeding into the city with blood in his eye, and a thirty-two caliber pistol in his pocket. Chester Macefield, a man of the world, has been betrayed by a woman. A slip of a girl, barely out of her teens. But she has wounded him. Not just in his heart, which after all can recover, but in his vanity, which can never be the same. Chester! You lied to me, Sue Ellen. 
You lied to me. Now, Chester, honey, I don't have the vaguest notion what you're talking about. I'm so thrilled, and I feel so humble to be in the midst of all these talented people. Oh, that? Yes, that. Well, honey, just what do you think you can do about it? I can kill you. Chester, put that gun away. Back home, everybody has a gun, and we have all kinds of accidents. I'm going to kill you, Sue Ellen. Why? Why? Because you lied to me. And who says I can't lie to you? What am I supposed to do while you're at home making love to your wife? How am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to think? You want everything your way. Sue Ellen, I love you. Oh, fine. I love you, too. But maybe love isn't enough. What do you want? You take that tone out of your voice. Don't you make it sound as if I want something unreasonable. I want what I have a right to want. A man I can be seen with. A man I can be with all the time. I don't want a man who's ashamed of me. But I'm not ashamed. Then take me places. But you know I have a wife. Then turn between us. Sue Ellen. It's your problem. Wait for me. Why? What is going to happen? I don't know. I... I'll think of something. Please. Well, all right. All right. But I don't want to wait forever. I had the gun in my pocket. I'd rushed out of my house filled with an insane rage to kill. But the moment I saw her, heard her voice, touched her hand, I knew I couldn't. I knew I couldn't kill her. And yet, if I wanted Sue Ellen, I would have to kill Edna. Because, and it sounds so mercenary and mundane, but without Edna's money, I knew that I could never have Sue Ellen. But kill? How do you kill? Murder. Ending the life of another human being. Forever. I couldn't murder Edna. I couldn't. I wouldn't. And yet, as long as Edna lived, I would be forced to do without Sue Ellen. And for me, that would be worse than death. Edna? Oh, good morning, darling. I suppose it's true. That's true. What Arnold tells me, that you spend so much of your time here in the Serpentarium. Oh, I'm just fascinated by Nijinsky. I think we're beginning to communicate. You are? I think what he's trying to tell me is, please don't be afraid. I mean you no harm. Let us be friends. He says that? Well, no, he doesn't say that in so many words. It's the thought that he's trying to communicate. I see. And he is succeeding. Is he? How can you tell? Because each day I become less and less afraid. Oh? And one day, I know, I just know, I'll walk in here and Nishinsky and I will look at each other and smile. And all the fear will be gone from my heart. And I'll be able to say to Nishinsky, Come, old friend, why don't we go walking together? You mean you'll actually let him out of his cage? His prison. Why not? He is being shut up there because of the evil that's in my heart, not in his. Well... It'll be the greatest challenge of my life. The test of how I really feel. And I hope to be ready for it. Do you? When? Why do you ask? Well, so that I will be able to lock you up in your room... Until the foolishness passes. <laughs> I don't really know when. It could happen to me tomorrow. 
Or next week or next month. Next year. Or never. Oh, I shouldn't have said a word to you about it. Darling, I... I'm your husband. And I love you. And I love you. But two people can never completely become one. There's always a tiny secret place in the heart that... Well, that's my tiny secret place. Hello? Sue Ellen, darling. Oh, it's you. Is that the chump? It's the chump. Sue Ellen, darling. Where? Where are you? I'm at home. Oh, you're at home. That's nice. What have you got to say to me? Hang up on him. He pays the rent, remember? I, I just wanted to tell you, things will be looking up very soon. That's what you said last night. I, I know. And the night before? Barry, you stop that now. You and I will be married very soon, darling. Have you asked you for a divorce? No, but... But what? Barry. I've got something better planned. What could be better? Now, just be how long am I supposed to be patient? Just a little while longer. And what do I do in the meanwhile? Sit around all alone every night? <laughs> Perry, Perry, you're terrible. Sue Ellen, I love you. I need you. Soon, I'll be able to give you everything your heart has ever desired. Tell me you love me. Honey, you know I love you. I have to know that. I have to be sure of that. And now I... I see what I have to do. Goodbye, darling. I'll be with you soon. Very soon. And I'll be free. Chester? Chester? Hey, hang up. Well, let's see, baby. Where were we? Darling, uh, would you mind terribly if I went into the city this evening? Of course not, dear. It's these same people at the club. You know, the ones I told you about. Oh, yes. For some reason, I can't imagine why, they seem to think I have a knowledge of land values. Well, Chester, you are a very capable person. Oh. Well, this thing may run late, so don't wait up for me. I will. I always feel, well, incomplete unless you're in the house with me. remember how she looked. She was almost pretty when she had that shy smile on her face. But would it be murder? If all I did was help her to kill herself, she had this insane affinity for a lethally poisonous snake. Sooner or later, she would release him from his cage in the mad delusion that he was her dear friend. Would it be murder? No. It is murder? Enormous monster coiled in his cage, sleeping. No one had seen me enter this house of crawling, murderous creatures. Here on the side is the latch. All I need do is turn it to open and just slide the glass a few inches to the side. And when he wakes up, Oh, no. Don't wake up just yet. Give me my chance to get out of here. That's it. Sleep soundly. And when morning comes, 
You'll notice the opening, and you'll slither out. And when she walks in here, you'll greet her the way a poisonous snake usually greets people. Good night, Nijinsky. Maybe I better leave. Why, Sugar? Well, maybe, well, you know, the chump. Oh, the chump never shows up unless he calls first. And you know something? Hmm? I'm getting sick and tired of Mr. Chester Mayfield. Uh-uh. Well, well, darling, let's not be hasty. You know, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yes, well. <laughs> this horse is kind of old and lame. <laughs> Hey, what's that? Does he have a key? Oh, my goodness. It's Chester. Sue Ellen, I have wonderful news. Sue Ellen, what is... Uh, now, Chester, darling, let me explain. Blaine, what? Uh, look, why, uh, uh, why don't I just uh, get out of here and leave you two to... Stay where you are. I don't see how you can stop me. I said stay where you are. Well, now, listen, please. Please be careful. With stay where you are and shut now, up. Chester, Angel, you don't need that gun. I can explain. Shut up. What? Why did you come here with a gun? Why? What made me bring the gun? I must have known deep down inside that I would have to use it. Please, please, Chester, don't talk that way. I'm going to kill you. No, no, please. And him also. I'm not love, Mr. Please, what do we ever do to you? And what did you do to me? Oh, we were going, we're having fun. Would you, would you going to kill us for that? Chester, you're an old man. You just weren't enough. Go. Don't kill us. Mr. I don't want to die. You'll never laugh at me again. Never. Edna. I have to save Edna. Maybe. Maybe he's still asleep. Maybe he's still in his cage. I'll just slide the glass closed again and lock the... I'll have to kill him. No, no. Empty. Keep away from me. Keep away. I can't move. Why can't I move? Keep away. No. Ah, I'm sorry, Miss Miss Mayfield. Thank you, Arnold. I don't understand. What are you doing inside here? Latch, the cage was open. Yes. Why did you let Nijinsky out? It's my fault. Your fault? Why'd you say that? I... I must have given him the idea. Maybe he wanted to show me that he would do it first. Uh Uh-huh. He was becoming interested in animals. Toward the end, he had become a much more gentle person. But... But Nijinsky shouldn't have been able to kill him, how could he miss with those lethal fangs? Miss Maysfield, I got to make a confession. When I heard you talk one day, you know, Pet Nijinsky, you scared me so much that when I had the vet sneak in here and remove his poison sacks. Well, then, why did Mr. Maysfield die? Well, I guess that's something we'll never know. We know Chester Macefield died because, in so many cases, fear, fear itself, 
is more than enough, especially when it's aided by a guilty conscience. As William F. Cody, better known as Buffalo Bill, used to say, if a man is scared enough of a gun, you can kill him with a blank cartridge. Cast included Elliot Reed, Joan Loring, Leon Janney, E.V. Juster, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. The preceding program was furnished by the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is WOR New York and RKO General Station. The preceding episode of the CBS Mystery Theater was originally aired in 1974, and it was recorded off the air by Gary C. Dudash of AM Treasures, Babylon, New York. In turn, I have taken the... Uh,